1: Today's message is simply entitled, Restoration. We're looking at the restoration of Peter. Join us. It's an amazing story that provides for us quite a bit of comfort. Understanding the restoration of the Apostle Peter after he denied the Lord three times? The story is found here in John chapter 18, verses 15 through 18, and it's a marvelous account of Jesus restoring Peter. And how he goes about doing it is really quite encouraging for you and I. Please join us. From the well, the Christian community, right here in Livermore, California, here's our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, in John chapter 18, as we take a look at restoration on Times of Refreshing.
2: Go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Restoration. It's amazing that if you fall down and bump your head, that God... He's still in the restoration business. But look what he says here. John 21 verse 15. Jesus has called for Simon. Simon has come. And obviously the restoration process is in full swing here. And in verse 15 it says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter... The same one that we saw in chapter 18 has now come back. He understands what has happened. But Jesus says some things here that are, that are critical. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, he says, feed my lambs. I was talking about this last week when the concept of feeding when it comes to lambs is has more to do with finding pasture that is uh, suitable for the lambs so that they can continue to grow and nourish the lambs have the responsibility to eat in the pasture that has been provided and so or has been led to and so all of us you know and i say this once again as a pastor my job is to preach messages like this and to help all of us find safe places to eat. Because there's a lot of pits out there. But it's not my job to make you eat. You have to feed yourself. And Monday through, Monday through Saturday, my expectation is you guys are out there. You're in your Bible every day seeking God, growing and maturing. And I just come here to give you a shot in the arm and tell you another place where you can find some good food. And best believe it's going to be somewhere in this book. And so Jesus tells them this. He says, if you love me. He says, yes, Lord, I know. You know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him. Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, be, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now I want to stop here because one of the things that we see Jesus doing here is he's getting him to a place where he understands... That the true love is, it helps you to overcome the power of self-preservation, cultural acceptance, and fear. Matter of fact, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has torment. And so what happens is, Jesus is counteracting what he saw and what he, what he knows is taking place in Peter's past. Jesus is counteracting this by bringing him not to some other thing. He brings him straight to the issue that is love. Do you love me more? Do you love me more? And the way that you're going to show me that you love me more is by laying down your life. for Not only for me, but for other people. Remember that the cross, it points up And it spreads out. And so we want to have our relationship with God right, but we also want to be willing to lay down our lives for others. And this is the ultimate expression of love. Jesus asked him about this three times You love me, now go and lay down your life for somebody else. Be a blessing to somebody else. Give yourself for somebody else. Help somebody else. Do something for somebody else. When it's not convenient. When you don't feel well, when you don't know always what to do, and you don't, you don't have a perfect relationship with it, are you willing to give of yourself to be a blessing to somebody else? If you love me, do something for somebody. And for us as a church, my prayer is that our church is a big-hearted church. That we're willing to give of ourselves to benefit and bless other people. Now, we're not going to take any mess, though. Big heart doesn't mean that we just let people act a fool in the church. That's what some people think. That's not the sign of a healthy church, just letting everybody act a fool. Because love, according to this Bible, is knowledgeable and discerning. And we want to make sure that we stay within the balance. But the key here is Are we giving ourselves to be a blessing to someone else? This is a part of Jesus is restoring him, but he's having him walk over, tread over some old places. If you love me, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. If you love me, give of yourself. Stop preserving yourself. Preserving yourself. Stop stop letting fear get the best of you. Get out of this place and lay down your life. Get out of this place. And this is what happens. Generally, when people in the church fall or they deny the Lord, in some way they're just trying to find some, there's some self in there somewhere. But Jesus is counteracting this. And I think this is a part of restoration. If you have fallen and you want to get up, stop being selfish. Can I have an amen? And then let the Lord do what he's trying to do in your life. Make a commitment to give of yourself to be a blessing to somebody else and to help somebody else. This is liberating. It's freeing. The person that we need to be freed from the, the most is right here. We can talk about the devil. We can talk about the world. But if you don't get a hold of your flesh, he's going to follow. He's going to be with you everywhere, wherever you go. That old Adam in us. And so for us, we have to see very clearly here, Jesus is hammering this point. But then in verse 18, he shifts it. And he says something here that now points up. He's pointing him out with his love. Now it's going to point up. Look what he says in verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where where you do not wish this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God by what death by what death he would glorify God and when he had spoken this he said to him follow me Now, this is powerful. You know, anyone knows the history of St. Peter? We know that he ultimately was crucified. And he made a decision that he wasn't worthy to be crucified right side up. He demanded that they crucify him upside down. He died. He gave his life for the Lord. Jesus here is, is speaking to him, excuse me, about what kind of death he would die. But the thing that is amazing is Peter's willingness to go that far in his relationship with God, to give of him himself. The same way Jesus gave of himself for Peter, Peter in the midst of all the persecution of the Roman Empire and all the stuff that was going on, he refused to deny the Lord again. Even if it was to cost him his life, he refused to deny the Lord again. He had been through the sting and the pain when he looked over the room and his eyes met Jesus' eyes when he denied him the first time. And the rooster began to crow. He understood the pain of that and what he had gone through and all this stuff and, and the, the pain in, uh, of feeling this, the rejection. Like, man, I messed up. Jesus calls him back, restores him, and he's basically tells him, I want you to love out at a price, but I want you to love up at a price. And for all of us, it's the same thing. Are we willing to give of our lives, not only just for people, but in your relationship with God? He's telling Peter right here, the light that you plan is not going to look. This is what it's going to look like. When you're old, this is what's going to happen. And then he turns around and he tells, follow me. He has to make that decision. Our relationship with with Jesus Christ is not going to be a bed of roses if you haven't figured that out already. He promises to be with us. He never tells us this is going to be a a rosy walk in the park through life. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tests. There's going to be unexpected things. There's going to be a form of cross that all of us have to bear we may not be crucified upside down like the apostle peter but we got some some crucifixion experiences some things that are painful some things that don't don't seem right but the the question here is wherever god leads me am i willing to go he said follow me and and peter when he got older My prayer is that he remembered this moment that Jesus said, and it didn't bring confusion. One of the problems that we have in the church is this. We tell people when you give your life to God that everything's just going to be perfect, and you're going to be fine, and praise God, and, you know, there's no devil, you know. Just go ahead and have a good time, and God's going to be there. And then when people start going through it, and they have these kind of moments when the relationship with God is going to be tested, Because they have been been equipped for the battle, it surprises them and they give up on God. Man, why did you leave the church? Man, my mama died and I I was mad at God. And there are people in this room. There may be people in this room. You need to repent of that attitude. God has never one time said in this Bible, it was going to be easy for any of us in this room. But He is our strength and He is our shield. And He will see us through every storm. And He will see us. And at the end of the day, He will receive us into glory. And our job is to make sure that we stay consistent. Understanding that there's externally with with people, with people, Was it? Horizontally. There you go. We handle our business. Then vertically. We handle our business. And we show the world what love really looks like. And so he gets him to this place. And from this place, do you know when you read this Bible, Peter never denied the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, preached the gospel. You read the book of Acts, the stuff that he did and what he went through, and how valiant, how fearless. How bold, how strong Peter became, and how God used him as a battle axe. Not only just in in Israel, but the surrounding area. God used Peter's life as such a blessing and is still using Peter's life right now. That's restoration. But when God got him to a place where he understood true love, then restoration truly kicked in in his life. And I want to just say this for all of us here as a church. We want to be individuals that, that when, it comes to, when it comes to our relationship with God as a church family, don't ever apologize about him. You know, people complain to me. I don't listen to people complaining about the church unless it's other church people. I don't let the world, y'all need to do that. What you know? You're not in here. You you don't even know this. How are you going to tell us what the church is supposed to look like? Let us, we'll discipline. You're not going to, it's like somebody spanking your kids. Hey, you, I, you better get a release before you put your hands on my child. Can I have an amen? But we do that in the church. The world will try to criticize the church and stuff like that. And I said, well, let, the, let us discipline ourselves. And But what happens is the world does need to see a church that is fearless. That is so full of love that vertically and horizontally there are no issues. And people see this, that to the point that people are willing to give of their life for Jesus Christ if it, if it came to that. And says, let me tell you this. It may come to that in this country. It's already happening in other parts of the world. But is your relationship with God that tight that though he slay me, yet will I trust him? Can I have an amen? And so this morning I want to say this to everyone the culture is going to put pressure on you. You pressure it back. The devil is going to tell you to leave Jesus. Don't ever leave Jesus. Somebody's going to come into your life and say, oh, I think you're very cute. Do you think we can run together? And they're going to say, why do you go to that church? The well. What kind of name is that? (laughs) They're going to start saying all kinds of stuff to try to pull you out of the church. And a relation in your relationship with God and your relationship with, with godly people to isolate you so the devil can try to beat you up. We have to learn to tell the devil, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not leaving Jesus, I'm, not, I'm staying with Jesus, I don't care what you say. And, I, and we have to be willing to walk away. And we have to be individuals that are willing to stand flat footed, and there's no way. That we're going to find restoration if we're not willing to arrive at the true place of love. And this is where Jesus got Peter. And Peter, God used him from that point to change the world. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as the world is going in a certain direction and the voices are getting louder... And through social media and access to information, people are releasing perverted things in the earth against your agenda, against your purpose, against your ways, against your statutes and your laws. And Lord, the devil is trying to create and has created another church that is not full of your spirit, that is not obedient to your words. And the world is trying to push that church on us. The Book of Revelation talks about the great harlot church that rides upon the beast. Lord, we refuse, by the grace of God, to be a part of that great harlot church that just wants all the pleasant trees of that the beast has to offer. Lord, we want to be individuals that are so in love with you that we will feed your sheep. So in love with you that we will be willing to lay down our lives for you because you laid down your life for us. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to strengthen the, strengthen the church globally, locally, even the well to strengthen our church and the members of this church that we would not apologize for our relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth and that lord we would have a resolve and a boldness and that your spirit would come upon us and we would become so bold and that lord your name would be glorified we ask you lord in the midst of satanic attacks against the church and witchcraft and curses That you would cover your people and watch over us as we herald your truths in the earth that dispel the works of darkness. That, Lord, we would not be fearful. We would not succumb to self-preservation or cultural acceptance. Lord, we would be people that would stand for you because you're standing for us. And, Lord, I pray for, for, the new mem- for the new convert in this room. That they would know that you gave your life to Jesus. There's going to be times when you have hard times. Just keep hanging on to Jesus. He's going to see you through any circumstance in your life. And for the older saints in the room. That we would not be complacent. But we would continue to grow and mature. And that Lord your name would be, would be released through us. So we would teach and equip the others, the young ones, to walk through, even if it means to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. We praise you, Lord, for your goodness. Continue to use this church, use the body of Christ globally to push back darkness And to show the world what true biblical agape looks like by giving of ourselves. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, y'all. Everybody stand to your feet this morning. What a blessing God is. You know, this morning, I want to... uh, I want to give people an opportunity to respond to this world, this word. You know, it is high time. We can't play games, ch- saints. The devil is playing for keeps, but God is playing for keeps. And how many of you know, we are the winners, though. We are the winners. And, and this morning, I want to just give this opportunity for people to come. And, and I want our altar workers to come down also to pray with people that, you know, I got to I, I cross this line with God. I've got to cross over this line. This isn't just some religious thing. This is a relationship. God's looking to take me into deep waters. We have to be willing to go. But we can't be on the fringes and think that we're going to... God is calling us today. Today is a day of restoration and the tools that are necessary for restoration and the triggers to know what to look out for. When we start getting afraid and we don't want to stand, well, hold up, man, this isn't right. I'm going to stand for Jesus. And today is a day for us to make this right before God so that he can, everybody wants to be used in here. This isn't where it's at, y'all. Can I have an amen? Amen. This isn't where it's at. We come up in here. We're going to be trained and equipped so we can go out these doors. And that's where it's at. Can I have an amen? That's where it's at. This isn't where it's at. Let's go out there and get people and get them saved and rebuke the devil. In the name of Jesus. But we got to make it right with ourselves. Lord, right now, I pray that you would reach out, touch the hearts of your people that need to make things right. So that like you did with Peter, you got his heart right and then you thrust him forth to change the world. I pray that today this is a Kairos moment in time where something shifts in the lives of of your people that need restoration. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name.
1: A production of The Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address